We are rolling. Today is May the 25th, 2023. On our prayer list, we have uh, a fellow Ryan Mosher and his family from up in Alberta, Canada. Uh, they're really putting the pressure on conservatives up there, and we don't get much news about it. You need to be on Twitter to find out a lot of stuff that's going on. If you're not on Twitter, you're kind of in the dark about a lot of things. That's how that commercial, that crazy Ford commercial, got noticed where they, the Rainbow Pride pickup truck. Um, Osman and his church. Hmm, got hair in my back of my throat. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Osman and his church. Our children and grandchildren. Chuck Knipp and his new dog, Bruno. Bruno came to him all chewed up and, you know, been in a fight. And Chuck uh, nursed him back up to health and added him to the to the zoo, as he calls it, down there in Orange, Texas. Marcos for his son, Salvation. Wisdom for our study group. For Eric, for strength and peace as he cares for his father. Seaburn that he would be blessed by the truth coming out in these court cases that are being heard over uh, custody of his children. May every liar be exposed. For Marta and Charles and their business. Bob's children, Stephanie and Mike, for salvation, unsafe family members and up north. Pray for our country. Economy. And our econ- economy and the folks in Europe. Eric and Father, Rex and Ted. Brittany, on the loss of her mother. Ray, for um, all of the family members and salvation for all. Pray against all of that trans stuff and protection for uh, the church. Children. And the children, especially the children. Our children for wisdom. Christians worldwide, Daniel Perry or Penny? Penny and unsaved family members. Let's join hands. Heavenly Father God, we thank you for this time that we could come together and just fellowship and may iron sharpen iron. May your Holy Spirit guide us and teach us and help us in whatever way you see that we need. God bless us. We thank you for your word we thank you for your presence where two or more are gathered and we lift up the prayer list and those concerns to you in jesus name amen, amen. um let me get one of those brownie pieces just a small i need to swallow something rough to clear my throat um here's the thing the agenda of this LGBTQ thing has gone so far that there is a trend on Twitter called LGB without the T. So you've got lesbians and gays and they are looking at what's going on and saying, that doesn't speak for me. I'm not part of this. I'm not for dressing up like a freak and reading stories to uh, third graders in the library. And, uh, Medivac. Let's pray for the person needing the medevac. God, we do lift that person up, that they be in good hands. In the name of Jesus, just surround them with your love and angelic presence. May the doctors do only what you'd have them to do. And if this person knows you, may they take peace in that knowledge and salvation. And if they don't know you, may, may this cause them to draw close to you. In Jesus' name. Um. We all sin. Some of our sins are right there on our sleeve. Everybody sees it. The worst kind of sins people don't see. You hide ugliness in your heart. Hatefulness toward other people. There are some very decent people that live the gay lifestyle that are better people than a lot of these people sitting in church every Sunday. Thank you, babe. You're welcome. So, you know, I don't want to come off as, as bashing someone uh, for how they 
how they live their life that God gave them. Is, is that behavior sinful? It is. But so is much of what I do on a daily basis. If we could just flat out stop sinning, we wouldn't need a Savior, would we? We need a Savior because we're sinners. Now, now there's a place in 1 Corinthians 6, and I do want to go to this, Zechariah. Just keep your place there, Bob. Sure. 1 Corinthians 6. Verse 9, Know you not that the unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God? Be not deceived, neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor effeminate, nor abusers of themselves of mankind, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. Such were some of you but you are washed, you are sanctified, but you are justified in the name of our Lord Jesus and by the Spirit of our God. Um, it's interesting what he says next. All things are lawful unto me, but all things are not expedient. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. You're not under the law anymore. You're not going to lose your salvation because you commit any of those sins that got mentioned right there. Now, you'll get chastened. And there's much said about that. But if we judge ourselves, 1 Corinthians 11, and it's long about 32, 31, he's just got done telling them, some of you are taking communion in an unworthy, unsavory manner. And you've gotten sick from it, and some of you have even died. Because you're basically mocking the sacredness of the communion. Verse 31 says, For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. So you're back here in 1 Corinthians 6, and you're doing any of this stuff. Because obviously they're still doing it. That's why he was writing to them about it. You thieves, you drunkards, you effeminates, you homosexuals, you, you, you are still doing it. Yes, you're not under the law. But why be dominated by some compelling behavior, some besetting sin? Resist it. And if you stumble, he will lift you back up. But to say that, oh, this is fine, and God made me this way, no, he didn't. He wouldn't make you in a certain way and then tell you not to do that. So you struggle against whatever it is. And everyone has a besetting sin. And if you don't think you have one, you're probably in worse shape than, you know, the the gays that are championing those rainbow trucks at Ford's selling. One thing he said that was very interesting, he said if I could just not sin anymore. Yeah. Actually, you take one of the three elements out of uh, God's work in your heart is salvation, justification, uh, justification, sanctification, glorification. If you take the sanctification out, then you do not mature as a Christian. And we should be maturing. And we should have a healthy fear of God. That um, you're afraid to do the wrong thing. Right. Some people think they go out to the woodshed and do something that God told them not to do and he won't see it. It's a very low view 
of the sovereign God of all creation. He knows what's in your heart in the depth of it even when you don't know it. Even when you yourself don't know it. So, while we are in spiritual warfare against Satan himself as he moves into companies and just starts wreaking havoc. He probably knew what would happen to Anheuser-Busch over the transgender thing. I suspect he knew it. But he's come to steal and to kill and to destroy. Look what he's done to target the Target stores had huge displays of pro-gay and pro-transvestite or uh, transsexual. And people started rebuking them. People started saying, I don't want my children seeing this. One of the little decals or things that they were selling, it had a picture of presumably Satan's head with his horns. And it said, Satan respects pronouns. Satan respects pronouns. So if you um, if you identify as someone other than you were born, a, a sex other, gender other than you were born as, uh, and you want a different set of pronouns, well, Satan respects that. So you should probably just go worship him. Um... What these people don't know is Satan does not love anybody. He's not trying to help anybody because of his mission is to steal, to kill, to destroy. But a lot of that stuff has come out of the... Yeah, you get the turbo. Yeah. <laughs> turbo. Turbo. Um, he'll be all right. They brought a lot of stuff out, but there's too many pictures of it that people took and put it in on Twitter. So, uh, it's too late. And this is where Target's head was. That lady turned to death, opened in the aisles and walking on stomping it. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. And they're saying, we fight back. And these trannies are saying, we fight back. I'm, nobody's fighting you. We mean fight back. I'm going to cut a wide path around you. I'd be afraid one of your demons would rub off on me. Well, you notice when they first, like, been about three, four, five years ago when the targets went to transgender bathrooms or mm-hmm. the same bathrooms, yeah. and they got a big flap, but they didn't come off of it at all. Now, yeah. they come off of this probably because of the uh, Bud Light thing. I think they saw, and, and actually... The dam has broken, really. Yeah, exactly. Was, everybody had it bottled up. And Megan Kelly on her podcast said, we were polite. We wanted to let you live your life however you chose to. We were polite. And you pushed it beyond a point. Beyond a place where we can continue to stay quiet about it. This is too much. That's too far. And what she was talking about was that so-called Leah Thomas character, six foot four, big old strapping male, totally intact, beating the women for their swimming trophy. In their locker room with them, undressing in front of them. So... You know, that that's more than far enough. That's more than far enough. We need to stay prayed up and ask for wisdom and speak up because somebody else just may be hoping that somebody will say something. Especially somebody else may compete against the male. That's the worst of it. You know, if people want to live a gay lifestyle, their own life, let them. I mean, that's their life. Um... But when you start ruining 
women's sports. I mean, the guy couldn't couldn't do any good in, in men's swimming. He was 400, yeah. yeah. And he comes in there and beats off. Well, you know, he's got a longer reach. Upper body muscles. Yeah. He did that with the Boy Scouts, too, didn't he? Pretty much. Mm-hmm. They've ruined the Boy Scouts. <clears throat> you know, I said the other day, I was talking to a friend of mine, they've done the cancel culture, they're changing the names of army bases because, oh, that dude had slaves. That dude, he wasn't a good guy. Uh, they've canceled Lee and Jackson. I don't know what's going to happen to Sheila Jackson Lee. I haven't heard yet. <laughs> you know, uh, racist uh, middle and last name. The pastor, associate pastor last night at church said <clears throat> they're having a skeet shoot and it's, it's just for men. And somebody in the church says, it's not fair. Women ought to be allowed. And he says, get you a woman that wants to organize it. And it. Yeah. Mm. I thought that was pretty brass. And that, but that's the attitude. Don't, don't, don't interfere with Why men. don't those women swimmers just boycott the whole event? Well, that's what they're not organized. I think some of them are starting to get that way. Raleigh Gaines is really working on that. Let the guy swim down there by himself, win a gold trophy or whatever, and then let the women well, go out. No competition, you couldn't, you couldn't enter. I mean, there would be no match. So I think when they start canceling, you know, Lee and Jack, I think open up a hardware store and call it Stonewall Jackson Hardware. Uh, you know, a private park that some you know, wealthy individual uh, purchased. Call it Robert E. Lee Park. Just start pushing back. It doesn't have to be a public government thing where these they can get in and vote to take you down, you know. And stand ready to defend it, you know. Stand ready to defend it. You're talking about the same Stonewall that's the hero of the War of 1812? Yeah. Yeah. Stonewall Jackson. Um, One of the heroes. Yeah. Yeah. Same he didn't have a day. Well, didn't he died in the Civil War, didn't he? Yeah, one of his own guys shot him in the Civil War. But um, yeah, it's accidentally. Well, you know, he was in God's hands. He was a true believer. He was. Uh, okay. Uh, so yeah, just pray for wisdom and pay attention and see what's going on and speak out. You know, go on and speak out. And if you got an extra minute, write to some of these companies and say, you know. Until you stop pushing this stuff, I'm not going to be I'm not be buying your stuff anymore. Uh, last count, Anheuser Busch has lost fifteen billion dollars, billion dollars of the B. That's in their net, net corporate network. Well, it's starting to hurt. I would have to think. And they're trying to give Bud Light away. Somebody showed uh, a store had a fifteen dollar rebate, and the case was fifteen dollars, and it said your net price free. And it's still sitting on the shelf. Um, and there's nothing really, if you like beer, there's nothing wrong with Bud Light. It got number one in America for a reason. People liked it. I go in a food country every two or three times a week, and that same Bud Light display has not changed its volume. It's no, still people, the same. I, there's probably very few. Well, I say it's a good redneck beer, and they've defended the rednecks. Basically. Yeah, our clients last week thought they'd be funny and bought us like what four twelve packs of Bud Light. They send one home with you. I did. I shot. Uh, they get. I got an eight pack. Oh, okay. And I hung four off my one hundred twenty five yard rack at the house, and then four <laughs> off the hundred yard. Yeah, sniped them, huh? Uh, eight cans, eight shots. All right. And, yeah. and it was a little windy yesterday, so well, that was a good shooting. But um, yeah, it, Kid Rock two minutes set that off. Yeah, with the, <laughs> yeah, I don't have the budget Kid Rock does. So. No, what kind of weapon did he have? Uh, Uzi or something? Yeah. I think I think it was an Uzi. Yeah. I believe. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Is it? Is a full auto nine? It was. Yeah. So um, now just be prayed up, asking for wisdom, be ready to speak up, become more active in this thing. Because that agenda is is being cornered, it's being pigeonholed, and it should be. Um, which which goes to show that if we push back on stuff like that, it really has an effect. 
Yeah, it certainly has had a huge effect in this case. Bud Light as a brand will not recover. No one, none of the economists believe that it could. The marketing strategists. And they've rolled every head they can and it doesn't work. Yeah, I was listening to Kevin O'Leary talking about it. He said they're done. Yeah, I yeah. sent you that. Thing. Yeah, that's right, you did. Yep, they're done. All right, we're going to go to uh, Zechariah. Yeah. Oh, wow. That'd be chapter 14. What was your question about that, Mark? We had a bunch of them. Me and Ted were trying to discern the whole whole chapter there. And mm -hmm. It says I needed a multitude of counsel, godly counselors. All right. Do you want to just read through it or do you want to go on the... Oh, go ahead. You want me to read it? Yes. And behold, the day of the Lord cometh, and thy spoil shall be divided in the midst of thee. For I will gather all nations against Jerusalem to battle, and the city shall be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go into captivity, and the residue of the people shall not be cut off from the city. Then shall the Lord go forth and fight against those nations as when he fought in the day of battle. Um, when was the day of battle? Chuck Missler talks about that. Uh, was it when maybe uh, Joshua 3 and he was the Lord of hosts and uh, he fought for them? Um, I think, you know, that's probably it. Probably all through Joshua's tour uh, when, when God actually used a small amount of soldiers or none and no actual contact with a lot of times and he just wiped out he turned themselves on each other yeah the, the enemy like well he's going to yeah, do like that in this chapter thing and right yeah yeah with, same exactly. with uh, Jehoshaphat I think him he does it here in this chapter of Zechariah 14 I, I was just trying to get a timeline on this thing here you know I was not sure if this was Old Testament stuff or something related to the future mm -hmm. You know, a lot it of times future. it's a pre it is this future. And his feet shall stand upon the Mount of Olives, mm -hmm. yeah. which is before Jerusalem on the east, and the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half of the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south, mm -hmm. and you shall flee to the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the mountains shall reach unto Azal. Mm -hmm. Yea, ye shall flee, like as ye fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Lord my God shall come, and all the saints with thee. Let me ask you a question real quick in this first couple verses in this chapter. This is an Old Testament prophecy. Encounter. It's a prophecy or an encounter that actually took place. It did actually take place. Okay, so and then the next... It seems like it went from the Old Testament to the New Testament, right? Now. No, I think what you see is is a, a direct prophecy from the very beginning. When he says he's going to gather all nations against Jerusalem, this hadn't happened before. And um, the city should be taken, and the houses rifled, and the women ravished, and half the city shall go into captivity. So this is when, you know, we have the Battle of Armageddon. And this is just another account. Ezekiel gives an account in 38 and 39. That's Armageddon. Has to be. It, it, it really bothers me when I hear someone who's supposed to be pretty scholarly on the Bible and prophecy teach that the Ezekiel 38 war has to happen before the tribulation in Armageddon. And then they'll turn right around and say, you could get raptured at any moment. No, that doesn't work. You know, you, you can't make that work. The Armageddon and Ezekiel 38, 39, and what's being spoken of here in 
Zechariah 14 all refer to the same war in the future. And, um, and then he comes. He sets his feet on the Mount of Olives. And he splits it. And then they flee. His people flee. He makes a way out for them. And, um, and it says, And the Lord my God shall come and all the saints with thee. Um, That's the second coming. Yeah. The people who are fleeing, who are those people? Uh, Israelites, uh, people that are in Jerusalem, uh, uh, likely uh, the tribes that are sealed so that they would not be hurt. Uh, those people. You see, most of the time prophecies that, uh, like that in the Old Testament, actual, there was actually an event at the time, and then there's a prediction of uh, a future event. It's going to be similar. To kind of parallels. Yeah, there are a lot of those. Okay, that's where I was getting a that's, little bit tweaked. And you see, that's, that's in Isaiah 13. Uh, talks about the, the destruction of Israel, of, of, you know, going into captivity. Now, he's right about all nations having, but but uh, usually they had one nation that came in and destroyed, whether it was Assyria or the Babylonians or the Egyptians tried, they didn't quite get there. The Romans... <clears throat> Did it, you know, of course, that it was Vespasian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, anyway, this all takes place. It says that the Lord did come with the saints with him. So, we know that the saints will be with the Lord when he returns. I got that part there. I figured that so, much. Yeah, that's that's uh, good news. We, we are not left here through this tribulation and this battle. We are with him, and when he returns, we come with him. Verse 6, And it shall come to pass in that day that the light shall not be clear nor dark, but it shall be one day which shall be known to the Lord, not day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. And it shall be in that day that living waters shall go out from Jerusalem, half of them toward the former sea, and half of them toward the hinder sea, in summer and in winter shall it be. Still got seasons here, right? Mm-hmm. And and he, he talked about that, and even back in Genesis, as long as the earth would stand, which we know from uh, Ecclesiastes, it, it never, it's a world without end. It doesn't go away. It's not changed. Even, not even in the millennium. Right. Yeah, it's changed in many ways. But we've still got these seasons. Mm-hmm. And it said we'd have springtime, you know, seed time and harvest. Um, and one of the reasons is the, the, to be so interesting about the feast times is because the feasts are uh, choreographed by the seed time and harvest. Yeah. And, and the summer and winter. And it's all based on the lunar calendar, the moon. And we try to count years using the Gregorian calendar in the 365-day year. We get out in the weeds pretty easily. God doesn't go by that calendar. Yeah, he had he a 360-day calendar. 360 days. That's the one he's gone by, the lunar calendar. So um, I'll read further. Um in the verse 9, And the Lord shall be king over all the earth in that day. Shall there, shall there be one Lord and His name one. All the land shall be turned as a plain from Geba to Rimmon south of Jerusalem. And it shall be lifted up and inhabited in her place from Benjamin's gate unto the place of the first gate unto the corner gate and from the tower of Hananel unto the king's wine presses, and men shall dwell in it, and there shall be no more utter destruction, but Jerusalem shall be safely inhabited. The land is going to be leveled. Um, That's during the millennium. Uh, it's yeah, during tribulation, and it will be that way for the millennium. Uh, on Christ's return, he starts. Well, the tribulation back up in Verse, verse nine. He'll be king over all the earth. Yeah, that's yeah, that's he will that's be. Millennium. Yeah, it's speaking of, of the millennium. You know, I'm sure he's king over all the earth when he splits that mountain. Yeah. You know, <laughs> yeah. 
Well, you know, one thing that's a big misconception is uh, people think that uh, during Jesus' time that it was barren country. It was not. It was after after the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 A.D. Uh, that's when God put His curse on the land. Before that, it was fertile. fertile. And, yeah. You know, it says Jesus said where there was much grass, they did this sermon. You know, mm -hmm. and people sat down. Well, there's no place over there that's got much grass unless they're irrigating. Yeah. And uh, also, uh, uh, Mark Twain said something about it. Yeah, he thought he was an atheist. Yeah. He was in the 1880s. He looked and said, there couldn't have ever been people that lived here. This yeah. whole Bible thing's a myth. Yeah. I suspect he knows better than that now. But um, um, the Seventh-day Adventists think that the those last chapters of, of, Eze of Ezekiel chapters 40 through 48, nine chapters. They think that's all just metaphor, you know. No, it goes into great detail describing the millennial temple, what it's going to look like, how it's laid out. I mean, why would the Holy Spirit go into great detail over just some metaphorical thing? You know, um, it's like, you know, when Jesus says, I am the, I am the door. Well, that's an obvious metaphor. He doesn't say, I am the door, but not just any door. I'm a solid oak door, and I'm painted red, and uh, I've got brass hinges, and I've got a you know, brass, brass latch plate. That's the door. No, that wouldn't make sense. Yeah, yeah, and, and that was Seventh-day Adventist, and I give them credit for laying that out in the temples, the different temples, and they had a model of millennial temple, but they would tell you that that's, you know, just metaphorical. But it's not. And one of the things they said, all the, the size, the, the dimensions of this temple wouldn't even fit on the mountain in Jerusalem. Well, did you read the part about what were going to happen to some of these mountains mm -hmm. in Jerusalem yeah. and how things would be leveled? You know, I've told it before. I'll tell it briefly again. I was praying for those boys at that Oceana Painter Branch surface mine. I enjoyed hauling diesel up there. And they'd lost, they couldn't get their next permit. So they were going to have to shut it down. It was all downcast, and um, I uh, was sitting in the truck pumping the fuel off, reading the Bible, and I prayed, and I just asked, Lord, can something be done? Could something be done to help these men keep their work, not, you know, fail to provide for their families? Could something be done? And I just had the Bible open randomly, and of all places, I was in Isaiah, and when I finished my prayer, I opened my eyes on a verse. It said, the mountains will be leveled and the valleys will be filled. And that's what a surface mine does. They're often called valley fills. They knock the top of the mountain off, push it into the valley till they get to the coal, scoop the coal up, and then do reclamation and make it usually nicer than it was before. Mountain. And I and I, I, I was just so over, <laughs> yeah I was just uh, so overwhelmed you know in the spirit when that happened and I said really God and I was looking out the windshield of the truck and there were all these cattails and I was just thinking where how what and those cattails are going boop 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 pointing in there behind the main office and I said okay I went in there. Was looking at the map, they had it on the wall of the whole, the whole operation, and I said, "What's over here?" And I pointed in the direction of cattails was pointing. They said, "Oh, that's that Litz. That's that Litz section. It's mined out. There's nothing left." So, so well, you know, for what it's worth, and I don't know where y'all's faith is, but I got word from God that you guys are not going to be out of business anytime soon. And they didn't take me that seriously. I could tell that. So I went on. And the next week I came up there with my load. Everybody was all happy. and I said, well, this is a different look from last time I was here. What happened? They said, uh, oh, we, we found another saint of coal that should last 10 years, if not longer. And I said, over here? The lips. They said, "Yeah, yeah, we found it." 
And I said, don't you remember what I asked you? What's over there and that God said? And it kind of made me mad because it really wasn't even willing to praise Him. It wasn't even willing to praise Him. It was all coincidence. You could just tell what they were thinking. But no, the valleys will be filled. Mountaintops will be leveled. The Bible says that there's plenty of room for that millennial age temple coming up. So, uh, <clears throat> verse 12. And this shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite all the people that have fought against Jerusalem. Their flesh shall consume away while they stand upon their feet, and their eyes shall consume away in their holes, and their tongue shall consume away in their mouth. Something. Something very advanced technological stuff that we have today. They could certainly do that. People say, why hadn't we destroyed ourselves with nuclear weapons yet? God's not letting it happen. God's going to keep charge of all that until the day comes. Verse 13, And it shall come to pass that day that a great tumult from the Lord shall be among them, and they shall lay hold every one on the hand of his neighbor, and his hand shall rise up against the hand of his neighbor. People fighting each other. These enemies of God fighting each other. And Judah also shall fight at Jerusalem, and the wealth of all the heathen round about shall be gathered together. Gold and silver and apparel in great abundance. And so shall the plague of the horse of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that be in these tents as this plague. And so shall be the plague of them. 16. And it shall come to pass that every one that is left of all the nations which came against Jerusalem shall go, shall even go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. And it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the King, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up and come not, that have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Lord will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the feast of tabernacles. And that day shall there be upon the bells of the horses holiness unto the Lord and the pots in the Lord's house shall be like the bowls before the altar. Yea, every pot in Jerusalem and Judah shall be holiness unto the Lord of hosts. And they that sacrifice shall come and take of them and seethe therein. And in that day there shall be no more the Canaanite in the house of the Lord of hosts. People are going to come and cook. It looks like we're back to moving around on horses. Man's built some amazing machines, but none rivals God's horse. Um, you know, I I think that would be a much calmer time. But what are we going to be doing? We will have our glorified bodies. Jesus appeared to the disciples in his glorified body. He talked to him on the road to Emmaus. At one point he walked through a barred door and they thought he was a ghost. You will, he, this is an example of the movement and the ability of a glorified body. We won't be hurt. We won't be sick. We will be assigned different things in the kingdom of the Lord. Really, right now, we should be preparing for what those things might be. You know, if you are someone who loves horses, 
he may put you in charge of something. And whatever it may be, if you love administration, I love his word. I think we'll study this Bible for eternity. I think that I think we'll never f- finish probing the depths of this word. That's what James said. Did he? I believe he's right. Can you go through fifteen a little bit? Verse fifteen. Yeah. And so shall be the plague of the horse, of the mule, of the camel, and of the ass, and of all the beasts that shall be in these tents as this plague. Uh, everybody gets sick, even their livestock, their animals do. They're not being obedient. And this is after he has returned. This is after this is opening up in the millennial age. Everybody's not being a nice guy. You know, and there's still stubbornness. And people are still rebelling. Uh, the if you want to look at uh, Isaiah 65. It tells us a little bit about this. See, this is one new heavens and new earth, and then there will be another new heavens and new earth. Isaiah 65, verse 17. Now look at what we have here. This is describing the new heavens and new earth in the millennial age. Uh, it would still rain. It's going to be a lot like it was at the beginning of creation, the Garden of Eden. Uh, but they say it didn't rain then. There was just a moisture, a, a humi- humidity level that kept everything watered and working. But uh, there'll be rain in the millennial age because one of the ways God will punish uh, areas that don't listen and keep his feet the feast of tabernacles was a feast that you know how he came through and and um it's a it's a um as we talked about in leviticus 23 how you know it's a it's a memorial that god did what he said he'd do he saved us he 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 preserved us verse 17 for behold i create a new heavens and new earth and the former shall not be remembered nor come into mind but be ye glad and rejoice forever in that I will in, in that which I create. For behold, I create Jerusalem a rejoicing, and her people a joy. And I will rejoice in Jerusalem, and joy in my people. He's going to be on the throne in Jerusalem, this uh, millennial temple there. And the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. There shall be no more thence an infant of days, nor an old man that hath not filled his days. For the child shall die at a hundred years old. But the sinner, being a hundred years old, shall be accursed. And they shall build houses and inhabit them, and they shall plant vineyards and eat the fruit of them. They shall not build and another inhabit, and they shall not plant and another eat. For as the days of a tree are the days of my people, and mine elect shall long enjoy the work of their hands. and live a thousand years. And that is how it started out. In Adam and Eve, you could live that long. Now this is the flesh and blood people who are still inhabiting the planet during this time. We aren't those guys and gals. We, are, uh, we have our glorified bodies. And it shall come to pass, wait, verse 23, they shall not labor in vain nor bring forth for trouble, for they are the seed of, of the blessed of the Lord and their offspring with them. And it shall come to pass that before they call, I will answer. And while they are yet speaking, I will hear. The wolf and the lamb shall feed together and the lion shall eat straw like the bullock and dust shall be the serpent's meat. They shall not hurt nor destroy in all my holy mountain, saith the Lord. An age to come, a millennial age. They go back to temple sacrifice. Ezekiel describes this. Animals are being brought. What is the Lord showing? What is He teaching? Protect the law. It is. Well, you know those people that wouldn't come up to... All for sacrifice. Mm-hmm. That's Gentiles. 
not Jews. Right. That, that's they'll be the Gentiles, and they'll get they'll get uh, no rain, no rain, yeah. <coughs> plagued. They'll get sick, and their animals too. But, uh, yes, thanks for clarifying that. Well, <coughs> there was a head scratcher there for a little while for me and Ted. I gave you my take on it. That's the way I think it is. Well, it makes sense. But, um... Prophecy is a wonderful thing. Well, he's given us not just one book telling it. There's different books in this Bible telling essentially the same thing if you just connect the dots. Hundreds of years apart. There's 66 chapters in Isaiah. The first 39 have a certain tone to them the last 27 have a different tone to them and causing some of these egghead so-called scholars to say there were two different isaiahs and they they coined the term deutero isaiah you know it really annoys me when these eggheads have to create a fancy word to try to just kind of cruise on their little magic carpet over everybody's head like there's some kind of special knowledge um but Jesus quoted from both he, he ends did. of the book. He said, Isaiah said this, and he read from the earlier part of the book. He said, elsewhere Isaiah says this. And, you know, and the Holy Spirit wrote the whole thing anyway. But interestingly, 66 chapters, the first 39 sound a certain way. The second 27, last 27 have a certain way. There's 66 um, books in the Bible. The first 39 is the Old Testament. The last 27 are the New Testament. Co- coincidence? I don't think so. There's 39 stripes. Yes. That's it. So, as the rabbis say, coincidence is not a kosher word. God puts little hints and clues. We were talking, I guess yesterday, um, about this artificial intelligence. And um, it's getting more out of control all the time. Mm-hmm. And... Um, you know, I, I told Adam Schiff on Twitter that he needed to go to the garden and eat worms. And in a quarter of a second after hitting tweet, I got, you are blocked. You will be off for, uh, it was like eight hours. They shut me down for eight hours for um, violating Twitter's policies against encouraging suicide. That's a little kid's song. Everybody hates me. Nobody likes me. I'm going to the garden to eat worms. I mean... Big fat juicy one, yeah. You know, I mean, come on. Uh, I get, I get shut down. I'm not trying to tell him to kill himself. I would never do that to anybody. Um, but that's artificial intelligence. Mm-hmm. And the paragraph said, after carefully considering what you wrote, we have decided, blah blah blah. Who's we? And how you carefully considered it in a quarter of a second? Well, that probably is true. But. Um, and it also gave me reason to wonder, are, are they watching while you're typing before you hit tweet? I was talking to my son yesterday about AI stuff and how they're going to incorporate it some, somehow in the automobiles. You know, they've already got driverless automobiles. Mm-hmm. But I was telling my son he could make one of them short YouTube videos on AI gone wild, remember? Mm-hmm. And if an automobile that has that incorporated into the system is next to a guy listening to a Christian radio station. You know, that that, well, that automobile just go haywire and knock this guy off the road and do some sort of it. My personal belief about so-called artificial intelligence is it is actually literally demonic. Demons can inhabit people. And now man has figured out a way to inhabit, thank you, babe, inhabit machines. The demon has fit. man has built the machines, and the demons can inhabit them and make them move and do things. There, there's look up creepy AI stuff on YouTube. All these videos. Now, some of it may be just somebody messing with somebody, but I don't think it's all that. I think that some of this stuff is just sounds like something the devil himself would say. Yeah, he's just got a different vessel. Yeah. Did you tell Daniel what I had to ask you the other one? What was it? I don't remember. I had to ask you where the Beatitudes were found. Oh, yeah. Google wouldn't answer. Yeah, I know. I've heard that. Google would not answer. It'll answer me on everything else in the world. It's stupid, but it wouldn't answer me on something. Well, that Alexa thing that Amazon has out, people were saying, who is Muhammad? And then Muhammad is the holy prophet of Islam, on and on and on. 
who is Jesus Christ? I'm afraid mm-hmm. I don't have that information. Yeah, Well, you know, yeah. the strange thing about it is, you can you can use Google to uh, to research the Bible, and it it comes up with credible answers. Mm-hmm. You just ask it. You know, you know, like these uh, programs you buy. I have one called Sword Search. Yeah. You know. And then there's Logos, which is very expensive. Yeah. But these things are just as thorough as they are on Google. Yeah, I use Blue Letter Bible. And, um, yeah, that's good too. But you know, one thing that, that I noticed uh, recently is the people that are uh, amillennialists or postmillennialists, mm-hmm. most of them deny um, the, uh, 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 the presence of Israel at the end times. Yeah, they deny that Israel's existence. Yeah, they think Israel coming back as a nation <clears throat> is just some grand coincidence. And so they have to do it. They have to figure out a way to... to replace the millennium or place that we're in the millennium well something wrong with that it's been 2,000 years <laughs> yeah I know and I, I was talking to a Seventh Day Adventist on the radio it was his show and I called in and he was talking about how you know um, the tribulation and everything mentioned there was all fulfilled at 70 AD mm-hmm. and um, when Titus tore the temple down run over mm-hmm. Jerusalem and all that stuff was mostly uh, allegorical. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, Jesus said in Matthew 24 that it would be a time of trouble unlike any before it or any to come after it. I said, have we seen this time yet? Obviously, the Titus' attack on Jerusalem in 70 A.D., that's like a, what I call it, a, a pillow fight at the Girl Scout camp compared to World War II. I mean, come on, you know, so obviously, yeah, but they'll just turn right away from it. And and some people, I mean, I debate Calvinists a fair bit on Twitter. Um, They're just not going to go there. Very rarely do they ever. There's been a couple, there's a couple of them on there that Mm. said they were former Calvinists and they finally understood that, you know, they were wrong. And for people that listen to this podcast, we're getting about 200 downloads a month. I don't know how people find it. I've never advertised it um, uh, a Calvinist believes that God does not give you a choice between heaven and hell he does not give you a choice to uh, to come to Jesus Christ that he forces certain ones to come Very to Christ mm-hmm. and calls them the elect and then he forces other ones with holy yeah. Uh, so yeah they, there's some real problems with that I, I think most of the people that are caught up in that are not even saved. I'm not gonna say they're all not saved. I think John MacArthur is saved, but he's a little bit less of a Calvinist than some others and are. Piper, so, yeah. yeah, Piper and R.C. Sproul. He's passed on. But, May I make a comment? Absolutely. Okay. Well, um, speaking of Israel, I don't know if you all have been paying attention to what's going on in Israel, mm-hmm. but um, have a war. yeah, I mean they're really getting ganged up on there, which is. You know, exciting, and we pray for the peace of Israel. But you know what, and the peace of Jerusalem. But we know that um, that is, you know, rapture high watch time because mm-hmm. you know they're going to they're going to be in a big battle, and it's going to go very very badly for them. Like they're they're just about going to go under. But they won't. Yeah, Hezbollah is um, their target right now. Right, but Hezbollah and Hamas are gaining up. <laughs> And, you know, the whole thing with Iran, Russia's backing Iran, um, China is in the That's mix why I thought with Israel Russia. Might nuke Iran. Well, and they've already got enriched uranium. Yeah, they've got a bomb. They do. So, uh, I mean, it's exciting, but it's also lets us know that we need to really be reaching out for and telling the truth to people. A lot of people are coming to the cross. A lot of people who had been at arm's length are coming closer. Uh, you know, some are... Especially Muslims. Yeah, you know, the family we prayed for, and yeah, Muslims for sure, up in uh, Alberta, you know, he's, he's he's turned his family toward the Lord, and he's and he came really because he listened to our Bang Still podcast. That's what Which he told me. Which is amazing. You can catch if God could use that... <laughs> He can there, use that. There, it's like a combination between uh, eighth grade humor and politics and 
But we Good gun information. By two really cool guys. Gun stuff in well, there. Well, you know, the reason for that is because uh, Christians purvey this attitude of goody two-shoes. And if you get away from that and, and, and cause people to realize, you know better than they are. You just found found bread and you were hungry. Mm -hmm. And the bread's there. Seek it. Yes. You find it, you know. So people listen to that. There's but I think a lot of people, you know, people that are believers have just been kind of choked up by the weeds and the thorns in the world. And, you know, um, and they feel like, well, if I'm a believer, I can't even speak my mind. Because next thing up, right. blue-haired, freak gal with looks like she fell face first into a tackle box is going to say to me is that, um, where's the love? Jesus said, don't judge. I mean, you know, you can't get into hermeneutics with them. <laughs> There's a big word. Uh, Paul said so, he became all things to all people. So right. that eighth grade humor, the mm -hmm. gun well, stuff. Forrest said that exact thing. Yeah. He said, made that exact observation. We've got three federal game wardens coming to three days in early June. And I didn't know how to, to, to speak to this fellow when I was on the phone with him. He told me what he did and his colleagues did there. And I said, yeah, okay, they're in Montana. They're driving from Montana down here. And, um, you know, I, I said, how how'd you guys learn about us? He said, oh, we're, we're big podcast listeners. <laughs> I said, okay, so you know what you're getting into. And there's then. a shrink in the group. <laughs> I said, y'all want to be on Monday's podcast tonight you're here? And he said, yeah, we're looking forward to it. <laughs> you have to let me know so I can write that on my calendar. Yeah, right. I will. Okay. I sure do it. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, be all thanks to all people. But, you know, don't be afraid to speak out. Don't be afraid to even be yourself, understanding that you are a sinner, just like these you want to point, it's like Brother Ted would say, three fingers pointing back at you. You know, mm -hmm. you'd say, oh, you're homosexual. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. You know? Um, God hates pride worse than anything. He hates pride. And, of course, they're calling Pride Month. But uh, most of that has been ginned up by the, the trans people. And... Um, and like I said early on, there's a lot of people and they're just lesbian and gay and they don't want this trans agenda and all this strength. They're, they're trying to get child molestation in on it as a letter M or we're minor attracted. And there are literally professors in universities defending that. So unless we speak out, they're going to keep getting their way. But uh, I think that uh, we've made a really good impact with the Bud Light boycott. I never bought Bud Light anyway, but I know that they can't sell it now and they can't even give it away. And they're other brands too. Yeah, regular Budweiser nobody's buying. And Michelob. Michelob, Anheuser-Busch brands. Um, they, and, and just to think what Satan did to that company. The pro-America, pro-patriot, blue-collar, hard worker, NASCAR fan, Bud Light, Budweiser drink. That was who their, their base was. Mm -hmm. how, how do you think they're going to put some guy in a dress and makeup on there, you know, on the can as a spokesperson for that? How did they think that was going to go? Well, and, and then on top of that, the, the Ford commercial that we just watched before Bible study, um, they put that out after that whole uh, transgender Budweiser thing was um, a flop. And they still put that out there. Yeah. Well, and you know, there's no reason to try to sell for it because they can't keep them on the lot. And they're hundreds of thousands. They're, they're twice what they should be. They're premium. Yeah, these new, no, new truck is yeah. just stupid money. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. They're selling those things for like $120,000, Some of them are. Some of them are. The, the big diesel ones with the four doors. Well, I was watching a video where the, the guy, Ford was bucking the dealers because they were putting a premium on it and selling them way more than what Ford wants them to sell them for because there's such a shortage of them. And they're getting it. Well, 
Yeah, there was no reason for Ford to do that. But then if you get one, you gotta have fire department fire everywhere you go. The fire department. Well, they, they start doing rainbow Fords, and they'll have plenty on their hands. Well, they what? Fords. Yeah, so people stop buying them. Yeah. That's that's possible. Yeah. You know, and, and there too, there's a shame. F one fifty, best selling pickup in America, probably in the world. For years. And um, and now, what are they done? We'll see what they've done. I don't know. It, it may not hit them as hard as the Bud Light thing got hit, but uh, I guess we'll see. Um, anyway, stay prayed up. Put some beer. Ready to close? I'm put you on the spot, James. Close this if you would. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for your word, your message. Thank you for good company and good Christians. Lord, show us the way we should go. Bless this word to the nourishment of the fruit of our bodies. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you.